Something, something's rumbling underneath us. Yeah. I, th th look, look, look in the corner. There's a portal. Uh, uh. Oh, dude, I see it, bro. I'm getting sucked in. I, I can't, I can't resist it. <sighs> Max, I will forever love you. Yeah, see ya. I Where am I? Where am I? Who's that? Who's that guy over there? Let, let me, let me walk into his spaceship. Sup? Oh my god! I just saw that he's committed mass genocide across multiple timelines! Guess where I am? Do you, do you happen to be in the quantum realm? I am. I am in the quantum realm. Bill Murray's here, Michelle Pfeiffer's here, every great 90s movie star starring in erotic thrillers is here. It's, it's a party, man. I might not come back, but I can still podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the squawk. I don't know what the hell that was. That was really bad improv. But I'm in the quantum realm, and I'm talking here today with my co-host, as always. Max White, what's up? And we have a guest this week here to discuss all things Marvel, all things quantum realm. It is the one and only... Dylan Jackson. DJ Jackson. Famous YouTuber. <laughs> viral for his uh, Dennis Rodman video. And a famously bad fantasy team. <laughs> Prefer not to talk about that fantasy team. Still almost made the playoffs, though. And I won the Almost. title, so I, ca I came in as the new recruit, and I won. How much money did you end up winning? Was it 140? Uh, I think it was like 125. Because we upped it from last year. Yeah, how'd you spend it? Um, I'm not going to lie, I spent it on gas getting from Connecticut to South Carolina. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but it came in clutch because I needed that money, so thank you all for your donation to my gas fund. It won't happen again next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because I'm retiring on top. No, I'm just kidding. I'll play. Um, You're gonna be like Brady, just stretch it out. Yeah, exactly. Until next it's, next until year, everybody's just giving you a farewell tour. Next year, I'll be the sixth seed, uh, and I'll flame out in the first round, and then the year after that, I'm probably not gonna make the playoffs, or I'll win a division with like only seven wins or something like that, um, and somehow be a two seed, <laughs> and then fail anyway. Um, but we already uh, discussed our failings as a sports group with Jacob a couple weeks we ago did, when we yeah. talked about our interim football Flag football is going to be better. I'm joining the team. Why would y'all tell everybody about our <laughs> basketball team? Well, that was coming off the game where we scored 32 yeah, points. Yeah, we were hype. Yeah, 132 <laughs> points. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course. So we're not going to mention the week after that? No. no. Okay. okay. That was that was. It, that was bad. Except for me getting teed up, which was kind of that funny. was that was that funny. was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. If I had to pay fifteen dollars for a sportsmanship fee, then so be it. But uh, <laughs> it was worth it because that kid was annoying. Um, Watch if they at. just don't let you graduate if you don't pay that. Well, I'll pay it. It's fifteen dollars. <laughs> I want to get the hell out of here, bro. Did they actually find you? I haven't looked. I feel like you would have gotten an email. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, they'll probably just post it on, like, your tuition payment or whatever, and it'll just I'll get auto-paid for or whatever. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I don't even know if I'd even notice. Um, I don't know. I don't keep up to date with the books that closely. You You're know? rolling in the squat cash? Yeah, that's that's probably why I'm going to, like, get arrested on, like, tax evasion or something because I just don't pay attention. But didn't you I'm pay, like, 400 enough. bucks in parking tickets? 200 oh, Okay. Yeah. Over four years? Yeah. That's not bad. I paid 100 over one year That's at, as the school year began. It's not owed to the university, though. It's owed to, to the, the city of Columbia. city of Columbia. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I just didn't want them coming after me, you know? They're, they were no. going to, like, extradite me from France or something to pay for parking tickets. My dad called me and was like, we got a, we got a note in the mail saying you have parking tickets. <laughs> Can you pay them? You know, I had a um, – I was going down – speaking of me driving from CT to South Carolina – um, my dad got a thing in the mail the other day that said that, like, I ran through one of the, <laughs> um, toll places without paying, even though I have an easy pass. So I don't know if it just didn't detect my easy pass. Cause it was like the Newark turnpike, which goes through New Jersey and Delaware said I got one in Delaware. And I know that lane cause it's one of the easy pass lanes where the easy pass just like breaks off, but there's not actually like a terminal that you have to pass through just automatically detects. And I always like hold it up with my hand cause I don't have the sticky thing because of that. 
and it it didn't pick it up. Are so you, that's, I had, that's Yankee nonsense. So the, the toll roads right there. So they sent my dad a fifty dollar bill that was like you didn't pay your Easy Pass or whatever because the car is registered in his name. So that was kind of bullshit. But anyways, we're not here to talk about our parking tickets. We're not. Although that kind of is a fun discussion. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, a sentence 10 years ago, I, I don't think anyone dreamed that they would be saying in a large cultural Dylan's context. Dylan's seen it three times now. Yeah, Corny's letterboxed. <laughs> um, but really quick before we get into that, um, we do have uh, some quick housekeeping because this is a Daily Gamecock podcast. So yeah, so listen, uh, what's going on? Some exciting news. Uh, print week is coming up. So we'll have um, Redefining Normal, the new print uh, thing coming out on the stands next week. Get excited for that. Uh, as the title suggests, redefining for normal. It's focused on mental health. Um, uh, does I, the title suggest that? I don't know. I uh, I have a story in it. Lots of good stories in it. Go uh, if you're a University of South Carolina student, or uh, I don't know, just travel to Columbia so you can pick up one off stands. It'll be online too. Um, Noah's dad, you can read it there. So get ready for that. <laughs> wow, are you calling out my dad as the only listener of this <laughs> podcast? What happened to Aiden Sauls? You think, do you think he still listens? I don't know. Probably not. We'll get. We'll do a listener mail episode. <laughs> if he replies, we'll know. You know, so we had um, a social media team last semester, and uh, they were doing a pretty good job, and we got a lot of promotion on our episodes. But um, I think that they are no longer working at Garnet, Garnet Media Group, and I never really followed up on getting a new social media person. I was looking at the, the Twitter account. It's pretty dormant. Yeah. I gotta, it was actually most active when you were the one tweeting about it, so... I know, I gotta get back to that, but just busy life. I mean, it was a lot easier to keep up with it when I was, like, the social media manager for the Gamecocks. It was my job, anyway, to tweet out that stuff. Um, Now it kind of slips by more. Um, So, I hope people are listening still. Uh, We'll try to get more active on the Twitters. Um, But, I don't know, Max, after I graduate, if you take over, that'll be your job. Oh, yeah, dude. (laughs) So, Ant-Man. <laughs> Just going to quickly ride past that. Uh, no pressure. So, Dylan, you gave this five stars. I gave it five stars twice. Oh, okay. Three twice. times, I thought. I haven't reviewed it again. Okay. okay. I need to. What? Uh, Why did you give it five stars? The, uh, Particularly the effects on MODOK. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to give a... A little a preview of MODOK? A little rundown? Do, do you want me to just, like, quick recap plot f- of the film yeah. and kind of what it's about? I promise this will not be editorialized in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I promise. I swear. That's You can keep that. So, basically, Ant-Man's daughter decides she wants to explore the quantum realm. And so she creates, like, a portal, basically, to the quantum yeah, realm. Yeah, some or, like, computer a, thing. A, a transmitter device to go to the quantum realm. And it breaks, and they all get Michelle Pfeiffer in. flips out. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer freaks out um, because she was in the quantum realm for 30 years and then escaped at the end of the last Ant-Man Yeah, I movie. didn't see the second movie. I've seen the first and the third, so I that didn't. You fake fan. How can you even have an <laughs> opinion on this movie then? You missed some of the lore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she was basically down there for 30 years and had to try and stop this guy named Kang from taking over the quantum realm because he was evil and he, like commits genocide or whatever or whatever and they're now sucked back in they're down there and these like people like the civilization is like trying to stop all these little civilizations in the quantum realm are trying to stop kang from ruling everything but he basically at this point that they get down there he already is in control of everything um and he's got this like sidekick named modok uh, who's like this ultimate what killing is it? machine? M- a machine mechanized, mechanized organism designed only for killing. There we go. Yeah. Why is yeah. it not Mo- Why is it not Modofk? I think they make that joke in the movie. Do they really? I think so. Then I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there was uh, there was actually um, a joke towards the end where I like called it where they set up in the like first minute of the movie. By the way, spoilers for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania going forward. Just don't get mad at us. Um, where they're like he like Ant Man goes into a coffee shop, and the guy's like, ah, you know your money's no good here. You drink coffee for free, and then he's like, yeah, thanks. And then the coffee shop owner's like, thank you, Spider Man. He got his bug superheroes mixed up, and then at the end of the movie, the coffee shop guy's like, 
oh, oh, I've, I remember now. You're Ant-Man, not Spider-Man. And I turn to Max and I go, now he's going to have to pay for the coffee. And then the, literally the next line is like the coffee shop owner going to be like, that's $3. And Ant-Man gives him the, what? Look. And I was like, bro, come on. They could do better than this. But that's what you get when you hire Rick and Morty writers. Um, anyways, like I said, my review of the film was not going to be editorialized at all. Totally. Um, yeah, so what happens after that? Modoc, uh, Bill Murray plays, like, Michelle Pfeiffer's old flame from the quantum realm. Um, and Kang basically is like needs to steal this uh, power source, but he needs Ant-Man to help him because it's like he needs the shrinking technology, the pin particles, to power his ship that'll let him travel the multiverse again. Um, so Ant-Man has to decide, do I steal it for him and help him, or do I let my daughter die? So that's the dilemma of the movie. Um, yeah, okay. So what do we that's like it. about the movie? Yeah. Um, as I said, Modoc, I think the effects of the entire movie were spectacular. Yeah. The script was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, running out of, out of great things to talk about here. So what, what, what didn't you like, Dylan? Nothing. It was perfect. Okay. So, uh, some background. Dylan uh, knew that me and Noah used Letterboxd. So, he downloaded Letterboxd, gave every Marvel movie five stars, and then sent me his account and was like, you should check out my Letterboxd. It wasn't just the movies. It was oh, the okay, shows the shows well. too, yeah. You, so, you, ha, there's no Marvel property you haven't haven't consumed? None. Okay. Well, I guess some of the... Um... I guess off the wall shows from before Disney Plus was around, okay. like Cloak and Dagger, and yeah, like Inhumans. The, I haven't seen Inhumans. I think I they've seen... like retconned those out of the canon anyway. So yeah, but most of the uh, the Disney Plus stuff and okay. all of the movies, Daredevil getting retconned out of canon is bullshit. And I know they're bringing it back in canon, but it's not. Gonna he be got the, the same. bang She-Hulk, dude. It's worth it. He wait, he did. Yeah, he right. Sure did. I did not watch She-Hulk. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, God. Do I have to watch She-Hulk before the new Daredevil show? That's going to be painful. You no, should. I remember you got hyped for She-Hulk because you were like, Daredevil's in it. And then isn't he in one episode and they just go on a date? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I, mean, I mean, he was in he was in a little bit more than that, but the his objective in the show is basically a one-night stand with She-Hulk. You know, honestly, that's not too dissimilar from the Daredevil from the Netflix show because he pretty much just, like... That show is good for two things. Really, really bloody violence and lots of sex. Uh, I don't think we'll see either of those things in in a Disney Plus show. Well, the old Daredevil is on Disney Plus now. Okay. So maybe, but I'm not sure. I mean, they are doing R with Deadpool 3, which is now going to be MCU, I think, or maybe multiverse. Yeah, maybe maybe since Deadpool is already established, like how Deadpool is already established is kind of a... R thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep it going. Um, I feel like there's a, a D- Dylan adding all the Marvel movies out of five to troll Max and I. I, I think there's a, a misconception within our uh, our group chat and our movie discussion that Max and I just hate all Marvel. And that's definitely not true because I love a lot of the movies, especially the earlier stuff. Um, but I think this new Ant-Man movie is pretty much representative of all the things wrong. You gave it two. I, I didn't think it was that bad. I gave it three. I, three stars. I mean, there's just no... It really feels like they're running out of ideas. Um, I w- I'm going to... I'm a voracious podcast consumer, so unfortunately, by the time we record some of these episodes, I've listened to a bunch of other people's takes on it, which influences my thoughts a little bit. But um, I actually disagreed with something that uh, the podcast The Watch said about it last week, where they were like... It's a bad movie, but there's a good movie in there where it's like, you know, Kang with his universe altering powers could like kind of what they set up in the trailer. But it was actually kind of a misdirect where Kang's like, I can give you lost time, like more yeah, time I with your daughter. Yeah, I thought he was going to be like a kind of at least first a good guy, but he's really on good guy for like 30 seconds before he's like, I'm just going to kill your daughter instead. And like you can set up an interesting movie. The, pro- the problem with Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania is there's no moral dilemma or stakes or whatever personally for Scott Lang. Like, he has no character arc in the film. I mean, and, outside of saving his daughter. Yeah, yeah, but, like, that doesn't... He really likes his daughter. Him him say Yeah. Well, that's kind of the, the point, is that, like, they don't actually make it a moral choice for him. He just kind of, like, does it 
and then it's over. You know, like they just kind of fight, punch it out, and then it's over. He doesn't have to actually like make an interesting decision choosing between like a bunch of people dying and his daughter, which you could do, but they don't actually play that up with the dialogue or the way the story's told at all. Um, and I think that like, you know, having this idyllic family lifestyle, but sacrificing a bunch of people at the expense of it, it would be an interesting kind of movie, but they don't really do that. And that's what the watch was saying, but I actually disagree because they've done that already, which was Dr. Strange two and the whole Wanda's, you know, motivation, which just tells me that they're running out of ideas. Me and Dylan saw that, and Dylan had to explain, like, WandaVision in, like, 30 seconds for me to understand half that movie. And I really like Doctor Strange, too, because that's directed by, like, Sam Raimi. It's got weird, interesting filmmaking, and I do think the Wanda plotline is, like, an actual dramatic question that the character has to answer, you know? There's, Scott Lang doesn't have like an interesting dramatic dilemma in this movie. He just kind of he gets thrown into the quantum realm because oops, we accidentally broke a machine, and he just fights his way out of it the whole time. There's never like you think about like early early Marvel stuff like the Iron Man trilogy is about Tony Stark kind of like learning the pub how to handle his public perception of power and should the Avengers like should he govern with his ultimate super weapon. And that obviously leads naturally into the conflicts in Age of Ultron and Civil War. Like, all that flows really nicely. And there's an actual dramatic dilemma that the characters have to face that by the end of the film is somewhat answered in a satisfying way. This movie ends with Scott Lang walking around being like, oh, I might have unleashed Kang onto the universe. But, like, what does that say about Ant-Man? He is still the exact same guy that he is at the beginning of the film. And every single character is like that. Other than maybe his daughter, which the only thing she really gains is not, like, some kind of new perspective or interesting character trait. It's just, like, I'm better at punching people now, you know? She's a young Avenger or something. (laughs) The the only person who gets an actual character arc in this movie, honestly, is MODOK. I kind of agree with you that MODOK's the the best part. And not because of the way he looks, but because of he kind of understands, like, he shouldn't be just for killing. But then they kind of just, like, I don't know if he's actually dead for good. I hope not, because... If they Brilliant. touch up the effects, then he could actually maybe be an interesting character. But Would he have to be like the Sonic thing where they showed that trailer and then everybody hated it and then they... I mean, yeah, but like they changed the way Thanos looked a few times over the That's course true. of the... That was like when he was only phase. in end credits though, right? That wasn't... Uh, Yeah, but he looks different from Guardians to Infinity War if you okay. look. So they can change the design of the character. He, really like, he was like a bright pink and then they made him like a dark purple. Mm. Yeah. And then they kind of like... Then he was almost like kind of in between in Infinity War. He's a little more fate, like his skin was a little more faded, but so looked a little more human. Speaking of Thanos, we have our new Thanos here. I mean, that at least gets you excited, right, Noah? No, because he sucked. You didn't like Kang? I thought the performance was fine, but the, fine. the character know. has a lot of work to do. Again, what does what does Kang want? What is his goal? What is his motivation? How did Kang from the beginning of Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania differ from Kang at the end of the movie? You know what I'm saying? Dylan, you should answer that. I think it, it, he just wants control. I think it's a very basic motive, obviously. Um, but I think his character is going to do a lot of developing over the next few movies. I think... Um, well, I'm his trying... characters, his billions of characters, right? Yeah. Um, you is, saw... he, is he dead at the end of this movie? They're just going to do Kang like, 3, right? Or Kang 2? I think he's dead in the quantum. Yeah. Realm. So they're just... I don't know. That version of Kang is dead. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. That that king was exiled to the quantum realm, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, that was the the premise of that character. And then they saw that somebody killed that king. Like the Council of Kings saw that Ant Man had killed the quantum realm king. So that's gonna set up them trying to put an end to, I guess, this universe of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they're just in it for control. I think that's that's their main motive. They want to control everything. I don't know because he was a really interesting character. How it start? I mean, the first thirty second or first minute of the movie is Michelle Pfeiffer saving Jonathan Majors or saving Kang, and then he has a bit of an arc. I mean, it's not really an arc. It's like he could be good, and then all of a sudden he's evil because she sees sort of his genocidal past. Right, but why? Why is he evil? You can say he wants control, but why does he want control? You know, like there's a very specific thing that they set up with Thanos. And I'm not talking about the, you know, you could say that 
Kang's appearance in this is equivalent to Thanos showing up in Guardians, which I, if you want to throw that back at me, I kind of understand because, like, no, you don't really understand what Thanos' motive is in Guardians of the Galaxy. But he's in it for, like, two minutes versus this movie where Kang is, like, in most of it. Yeah. Um, but you, they don't really explain why he wants control. Like, Thanos, you know, he's got this philosophy. He's got an end goal. He knows what he wants. And, you know, ultimately he gets it and then loses it. And that's an interesting up and down. Like, there is a character arc there. He When he finally achieves it, he is satisfied and the audience is satisfied for him, uh, even if you think what he did is horrible. Like, it it leaves you feeling like it's a complete story, even though... Um, and they even did it with a, a second Thanos, too, who had kind of a different motivation in Endgame. And that was actually an interesting thing that they did, the dichotomy. Um, I don't know why Kang wants control. I don't really know why... Um, he needed to, I mean, I guess I know why he needed to take over the quantum realm. And so he could like go back to the council of Kangs and dominate them or whatever with his new army. But, um, yeah, the, <laughs> the council of Kangs also looked like a Saturday night, night live sketch at the end, like the, the costumes and the performance. Like I was like, I could see the potential here, but if this is what it's going to be, you're absolutely killing me because the, the whole idea of a multiverse just robs a movie of dramatic stakes, unless it's something like um, Spider-Man No Way Home, which is very specific to one version well, of the Well, I thought the Kangs are going to destroy all the multiverses, right? So that's stakes. Kind of, but there's theoretically infinite. And you, you can just, like, it's the thing that we said earlier, we were talking in a group chat about, like, Marvel was like, oh, they're finally ruling out. I think that was actually a meme, but... Well, I don't know if that was... I'm pretty sure it was IGN. <laughs> no, it was Rap TV. Uh, well, I, I mean, they're <laughs> a reputable source, as Dylan can say. <laughs> Can't confirm. <laughs> um, but rap, they they tweeted out, like, Marvel's ruling out bringing Robert Downey Jr. back as Tony Stark. It's like, it's like, yeah, no shit, he died. But, like, yeah, he died, but aren't there now multiverses where Tony Stark exists? Sure, but I mean, I think form? we're... we're Tied to this one, we like this. We like this uh, Paul Rudd and the Earth Scott Lang and this uh, Thor and everything. So, but they're already bringing in other characters from other timelines, and you know that's their plan going to be their plan with X Men. I have a feeling. Um, so when you just know that there's infinite versions of these characters out there, the ones that we do have feel less meaningful. And I think it's not just the scientific stakes and explanation of it. I do think it's just over market oversaturation too. When you have like four TV shows and three movies a year, it's so going to feel less special. Is the, but... is the Marvel or is the mini Avengers movie coming out this year? The Marvels? Oh, um, that's, that's not the mini oh, okay. Avengers. What is movie. the Marvels? That's just Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. Okay. And I think it's side character from Captain okay. Marvel as well. Cause I, I don't know. I, uh, Wakanda forever did this too, where they have the, they set up the young kid, and then Cassie in this. I'm trying to think of other. Uh, is that it? Is that the only young Marvels we have so far? Or because there's Ironheart, and then I don't even know the. There's the Hawkeye side character. Oh, okay, I didn't. Watch or I guess that. Kate the main character, yeah. Um, She's good. I like Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. That's a good character. I like that show actually, and Tony Dalton's great in it. I know for a fact there's more. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, so I wonder with the... This is kind of completely off track. We're going more to the sort of macro level of Marvel. Are they just planning on phasing out Paul Rudd? I mean, we still have like some of the original Avengers, like Chris Hemsworth, um, Paul Rudd. I mean, so are they just going to replace them with just teenagers? Or are they going to have both teams? I think everybody from the original, like Marvel's five or six characters, like I think those... Characters are going to start to phase out soon. Okay, because Mark Ruffalo was in She-Hulk, right? He was. Yeah. So obviously, I assume Evans, RDJ, Johansson are completely done. Yeah. I assume Renner, Ruffalo, um, and who am I forgetting? Chris Hemsworth are going to be in more limited roles going forward. Um, Yeah, Ruffalo is weird because he just hasn't shown up since Endgame for pretty much no explained reason. Well, I mean, you just said he was in She-Hulk. Yeah, but I mean, he he's like a is he does he have a big part in that or he's got a moderate part. Okay. He's not like a main character. I was saying mostly movies, but he's in like 3 or 4 episodes. Okay. Um but I think just with that whole group, like 
think about the I don't want to say that like Marvel is quote unquote in trouble because it's it's too it's too strong of a train to stop at the Well, moment. I do have a hot take for you that I was going to I was going to break out. Okay. Uh, so go, so go obviously people were upset with Phase 4. Dylan, were you were you what were you, you're the big Marvel fan here. Did you have any kind of post Endgame where you kind of sort of at least a little questioning questioning yeah i mean eternals black widow everything from last year was kind of mid okay was eternal eternals was 2021 right not last that year? was 2022 i'm pretty sure okay no that was, that was 2021 it was like at the end of the year I feel like 2021 is... was probably worse than last year right but outside of what what was the shang chi shang chi was good and then all the other ones weren't great right i'm trying to think of what all black came widow out last year black widow was not fantastic um, that was 21, yeah. Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, I mean, Eternals was in 2021, as we said, but that mm-hmm. movie was really um, boring, not really rewatchable. What did they even set up in Eternals? They set Celestials. up... Yeah, Celestials. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they tried to do way too much in that movie, in my opinion. I would argue I... <laughs> Max and I can have this debate because he thinks that I can't believe you would give Quantumania the same rating as Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> but uh, I think Spider-Man No Way Home coming out in 2021 automatically puts 2021 Marvel. Yeah, that's, well, I, that's, I think that was by far the best movie. In yeah, Phase and uh, the box office shows that as well. I'm pretty sure. But you know who gets all that money? Sony. Yeah. Not Disney. Um, that's kind of why Iger, I feel like it's they brought Iger back and was like, we need some quality control because okay. Thor Thor was kind of not meeting my expectations. I thought that movie was bad. Straight um, up bad. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I thought um, uh, Doctor Strange. Well, yeah, so I have the list here. Let me just run it down. All right, so Endgame comes out. I love that movie. Everybody loves that movie. Yeah. They, they pulled it off. Feige, well done. Far From Home comes right after that. I think that was that mixed. That was after Endgame? Yeah. That movie was good. Yeah, I think that was mixed, but I still liked it for the most part. I liked it. I liked all three Spider-Man movies. Uh, COVID kind of throws a wrench in things. We have a bunch of TV shows. We have WandaVision, which I think was... that I, I haven't seen any of the shows, but people like WandaVision, right? People do like WandaVision. I think it starts good and kind of ends a little weak, but... Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I remember wanting to watch that just because it seemed very important for the sort of overarching, but I think... Didn't people not love that one? I really like that one okay. until the last episode. Okay. I think I, I like I like Falcon as as Captain America, but a lot of that episode just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. I think overall people are like a little more mixed on that than the than uh, WandaVision and Loki. Yeah. Yeah. WandaVision yeah, sure. seemed because that was the first one, and remember that was an event, and then they just pushed out like five six hour things right after that, and I feel like people. Anyways, um, so we have Loki. People like that too, right? Loki was goaded. Uh, Black Widow, I don't... Not goaded. Yeah. Shang-Chi, people liked that. That one was very good. That was that was probably the second best movie of Phase 4, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Eternals, we talked about that. Hawkeye, you guys seem to like that one. It I, was it was cool for like being a Christmas kind of thing. It seemed pretty inconsequential. Which is kind of why I liked it. Okay. It was kind of just like a fun... I don't, I don't, I don't want to like say Shane Black 90s romp, because that's giving it a little too much credit, but... It's like, it's just a fun like action romp. Thrill, yeah, it, right? was, it was low stakes. It set up some of the other like lower level characters, that sort of deal. All right, let me get No Way Home. Obviously, goaded. Goaded. Yeah, that I blows it out of the park. Um, I wasn't a huge fan, but so Moon Knight. <laughs> after that, uh, Moon Knight was was cool. I thought it had some some interesting so characters. Is, do we know Moon, what Moon Knight Moon... is gonna be? Is he gonna show up in like Blade or something? That seems to fit more. Moon Knight has the um, greatest opening scene of any Marvel property where it's like a fucking Paul Schrader film because Ethan Hawke is like writing in a diary, take drinks a glass of scotch and then puts his feet in sandals that have like shards of glass in them. And I was like, this show is going to be fucking sick. And then the rest of it was just kind of mid. They they really I think they I, overpromised on the I think the mystery themes. of it at the beginning really sold it, you know. Yeah. Um, but just some of the sequences towards the end of that show were kind of questionable. It kind of lost me a little bit. Yeah, I just wonder where Moon Knight shows up in, in the movies. The tone of that show is a lot different than everything else in the MCU. Yeah, that's why I think maybe he would show up in Blade. Um, Blade's going to be rated R, right? I think. I think so. Uh, yeah. I really, I'm really excited for that, but 
Um, I think they said this on one podcast to listen to where um, it has a, a like Mahershala, Mahershala Ali's in it, which is great. But then I think they like threw out the script and they're rewriting the script on the go. A bunch of people left that movie. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. But OK, so Multiverse of Madness after Moon Knight. Goofy, but fun. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I think I know a lot of people who are more casual moviegoers who absolutely despised that movie. I think people, the people that don't like it, like thought that like it was going to be like Doctor Strange constantly going through like million different versions of the multiverse and like encountering like all these cameos. They do that and, for like, like five minutes. It's, yeah, it's more of a Sam Raimi movie than it is a Doctor Strange movie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. which obviously I like, but <laughs> I can understand why that put people off. Honestly, he should have gone harder. That yeah. OG, OG Spider-Man trilogy was goaded. Yeah, those are the... I think Spider-Man 2 is the best superhero movie of all time. So. Yeah, so Dylan <laughs> kept on calling No Way Home Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it's one of my reoccurring bits. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, No Way Home is a better movie than Spider-Man 3, so... <laughs> I love Spider-Man 3, like the original. I, I don't hate it. A lot of people hate on that movie. I think it's like a solid, like, 7. But... I think that movie is super fun in every way. <laughs> the scene it, where... it doesn't take itself seriously. But it also has, like, all of the cool villains. I love the scene where uh, the symbiote takes over Peter. That's, like, peak Raimi campiness where he's, like, in the bed and he starts, like, he's, like, ah, ah, and he starts, like, twitching and everything. Like, uh, he just, he went I, full yeah. camp in that movie. I it's love f- Venom and I love Sandman, so that movie was top tier. I was a big Sandman guy when I was, like, 10. Um, okay. Thomas Hayden Church, you like Sideways? I haven't seen it, but. <laughs> okay, so Miss Marvel, you didn't. You're probably the only person I know who watched that. It was kind of mid. I oh. watched it. Um, Let me guess. You don't yeah. like Black Widow, <laughs> She-Hulk, or Captain Marvel either. She-Hulk was goaded. <laughs> so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have Thor, Love, and Thunder, which I guess we all thought was kind of good. They're kind of fine at best. Um, Noah, you said it was just bad. What did you give that compared to like, Mania? Quantumania, two stars, Love and Thunder, two and a half. Okay. It's, and that's me being, honestly, that is me giving them the Marvel benefit of the doubt. Like, if I was if I was rating it against other, like, you know, movies, I would probably be, like, one star. But it's a Marvel movie, so I'm not going to judge it that harshly. Going from Ragnarok to Love and Thunder was quite a turn. Because it was Taika Waititi, too. I remember people were hyping that up. As yeah. The, I was, and, I mean, Christian Bale, I was excited for that, too. I was very excited for that movie. Um, okay, She-Hulk we talked about. Am I the only one who's seen Werewolf by Night? Because you haven't watched the, like, one-offs, right? No. Okay. Oh, I haven't watched that, but I hear it's cool. It's pretty cool. It's sort of the same thing they're doing where it's just kind of a one-off weird Directed by shift. composer Michael Giacchino. Yeah, I saw that. Um, okay, Wakanda Forever. We saw, we all saw that. Dylan, did you? <laughs> what did you think of that movie? I it was good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it... It wasn't as good as the original Black Panther, I don't think, but I still thought it was a solid movie. Uh, I thought it was, as we at length discussed last (laughs) semester on this podcast, I thought it was bad. And then a month later, Avatar 2 came out, and it's basically the same movie as Avatar 2, and Avatar 2 did it way better. So that even Avatar 2 was goaded. It was (laughs) a great movie. I agree with that. Um, And that brings us to Quantumania. So my hot take was going to be it's not really take it's an observation i did some research for this um so looking at opening weekend obviously Endgame's number one uh no way homes two um and then you think it kind of like trails off after that but really dr strange opened at 187 million um last year so that was a 2022 movie uh same thing around that ballpark wakanda forever 180 million um go back uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, Love and Thunder, one forty-four million, and then we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, only at one hundred seven million. And of course, it's still going to make a bunch of money, but I think it is kind of weird, especially the stakes that Marvel set this up being is it's introducing the new big bad guy, and on a extended weekend too, a three-day weekend um, that USC students didn't get to enjoy. But uh, <laughs> that's true. What three-day weekend was it? It was President's Day. Oh, I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, um, we don't get that off. It's bullshit. It's a federal holiday. But, uh, yeah, so Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is really around middle of the pack when it comes to opening weekends. So what's your hot take? I don't know. I just that, <laughs> That's just my observation. Not really okay. Take. So it's, not, yeah. it's not a take. 
Well, you could say, like, your hot take could either be, like, Marvel's better than it's ever been or, like, it's dying, it's doomed. Those would be hot takes. Well, no, because it's not – because you – I don't know. Well, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Well, yeah, because the narrative would be that, oh, it's going downhill. But, I mean, Doctor Strange and all these other movies that came out a year ago made a shit ton of money first weekend. All right. Um, so I don't know why. I just don't know why Quantumania wouldn't do as well as those other movies. Let, let, Nobody let, likes Ant Man. Let me monologue for a but sec about Kang. the state of Marvel, okay? And this is this is actually not going to be negative. I'm just talking purely about its place in culture, not my personal view of the movies. I think Marvel is not going to die or go anywhere anytime soon. The people panicking and freaking out and having anxiety about Marvel's on the decline. Nobody cares about these movies anymore is way overblown. These movies are still going to make a ton of money. They are always going to, for the foreseeable future, finish somewhere between $500 and $700 million at a baseline. What I do think is true is that the TV shows and the fact that they are now pretty much have three or four movies coming out a year for the next six years, at least probably, is oversaturating a bit and making it feel a little less special. And it's getting to the point where it is hard for general audiences to keep up. If you look the at TV the TV shows especially. I was you, just annoyed. Yeah. If you look at the box office, they're still going to do well, but the legs are what kind of tell the story about the general population going to see it and being invested because you still have the huge huge opening weekends like, you know, the 120 for Ant-Man, which is the highest of the three Ant-Man movies even though this one has gotten the worst reviews. Um, you know, the 187 million for Doctor Strange 2. They still do really well internationally you still have that really really diehard core base of fans that you know dylan is a part of that i would even say max and i are a part of we've seen all these movies that you just listed pretty much opening weekend except for eternals um (laughs) you know you know what i mean like they're they are going to have that audience it is baked into the cake it's been too long running now it's been 15 years there are now a group of people with disposable income that legitimately grew up with these films iron man came out in fucking 2008 they are not going to lose those people. How many more new people they get, and if they can ever reach the heights of you know phase three again, I think that's cooked. I think that is a once in a millennium achievement in the history of cinema. That is never going to happen again, especially because movie theaters are not as popular and well attended as they used to be, especially after the pandemic, and they're never going to be. Um, so what I think Marvel has to figure out is one, how much do they value that general population cultural buzz that they had with with the first Avengers, with Iron Man 3, which is one of the highest grossing movies in the MCU, um, which is kind of surprising, but I think that movie's great, so good for it. Um, with the first Guardians, with, uh, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. I don't know if they're ever going to get that back, but now that they have such a core base, like, audience, do they really care? I don't know, but... The other thing they need to figure out is how they're going to make these movies sustainable from a production standpoint. Because you saw another story came out um, today about the visual effects team for Ant-Man being like, we were just thrown to the side by Marvel. They didn't give us a lot of money. It was a disaster. They put all their effort into Wakanda forever. And that's kind of why the movie looks like shit. And you've, The whole movie is green screen. I don't know how it could have looked much better, to be there's, honest. There's a video um, by, I believe, the Royal Ocean Film Society about the stat, the status of visual effects houses in Hollywood. And how oh, I have seen that. They are, like, they are mostly independent, and these studios just kind of, like, say, that's what we want and do it, and they often don't give them enough money to get it done. They don't give them enough time to get it done. And the yeah. churn is just like it yeah, is. People talk about crunch in the gaming industry, especially. I mean, the same thing can be said here with the, the visual effects. And it's already starting to catch up to them. If you go back and you watch, like, I think even Wakanda Forever, which doesn't take place in the quantum realm or the multiverse or whatever, like that movie has interesting sets and things that they want to do visually, but it looks like muddy, muddy garbage, and that is not sustainable. And eventually, that is going to catch up, and people are going to care. You know, um, can we talk about this? <laughs> oh, so Dylan just pulled up on Twitter a picture. Is that Modoc's baby butt? Yeah, it yeah, is. Bro. You remember when they like lifted him up? Yeah, I don't think they, it... they included that. I don't I... know if y'all caught that during the. Movie. I don't think I did. I briefly caught it, and yeah, I thought it was... he's got a funny little butt. Um, I, honestly, Marvel movies have sex now. 
Oh, Blue yeah. Dog butt. Chloe Chow with Eternals, yeah. yeah. It's Honest. so funny to me she made Nomadland and then went around and just immediately cashed that check. With... People, people be like, Marvel's first sex scene. There's a very brief sex scene in the first Iron Man. Okay. So, and honestly, Iron Man 2 is very lewd. But um, anyways... Sorry, just to wrap up my point, then we can dive, dive deep into Modoc's <laughs> Sorry, you, butt. You, you said effects, and that just popped in my head because I saw it on Twitter today. <laughs> yeah, I just think that they need to find a more sustainable model. I don't know if that is, you know, creating an in-house visual effects team or that is slowing down the rate at which they're releasing these movies or giving them more funding, but they need to figure out something. I honestly think that moving a lot of these productions into the real world and focusing on locations that you can shoot, like practically um would help because when you're shooting everything on a parking lot in atlanta yeah it helps you save money in terms of like having to fly people to a location blah 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 blah. but obviously you're spending more money on the back end and do you think they actually need to do that though do people actually care about the visual effects i feel like at this point people are just like they look they do the job like who really cares well it ties into my point of do they care about you know reaching people outside of the quote-unquote Marvel sphere. And I think if they want to, yes, they need to. I think whenever the next Avengers movie is, that movie's going to do gangbusters. Oh, of course Just because people, is. not even because, I just think people know the Avengers are the big ones. So, right. and there hasn't been an Avengers movie in four years at, since Endgame, so. 2018, right? Oh, that was 19. Is the 18. first one Kang Dynasty or Secret Invasion? I think it's uh, Secret Invasion. Secret it's, Wars. Uh, Secret this, says War, King yeah. Di- this says King Dynasty is 2025, then Secret Wars 2026. If King Dynasty and Secret Wars are negatively received amongst, you know, audiences outside of Marvel fanboys, then I think you can say that they're in trouble. But I, do I, just, think, don't, I just don't see that happening. But, again... It really depends on how they execute the next couple movies and if they can get their shit together production-wise. Yeah, so that's kind of a good segue. Coming up next, uh, let me let me get your guys' barometer on how excited. Um, I think all of us, me included, are super hyped for Guardians 3. I think that's that's a big chance to kind of reset some of the stigma they've gotten the past. Well, but that, even then, that's going to last too raw, oh, yeah. right? I am yeah. legitimately excited about Guardians 3. I think that movie is going to be awesome. But I James think, Gunn is leaving. Yeah, I think DC, even if so. that movie does amazing, people will be like, it's a flash in the pan just because Gunn it, is DC head now. Right. Yeah, no. That is a send-off for the characters. Dave Bautista already said he's not coming back. I, oh, really? Yeah, I assume. Um, They're going to have to do something with, in Avengers, though. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Pratt will show up. You know, it's kind of the, the they said this on the watch where it's like Pratt and Benedict Cumberbatch. It's feel like you can when you watch them in these movies now, you kind of feel like you can see them checking their watches. <laughs> I thought Cumberbatch was great. And, and be like, how many how many more of these do I have to do? No, I think they're giving fine performances because they're talented actors. But it's the same thing that I said about like the old Avengers, where it's kind of like they're now kind of in the stage where they're probably going to be phased out soon. But, yeah. And they'll probably have a great send-off in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars outside of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Yeah, he who of he those, has said he doesn't even really want to... I think that's more bargaining. I don't know. Else. I, I mean, mean, he I made would, Uncharted. He's, he's doing movies that aren't... I mean, Uncharted isn't some auteur, but, I mean, it's not a... I think he's a talented actor, so I'm excited if he wants to take on more challenging stuff. But He I, said he doesn't want to do Marvel for his entire... Yeah, well, entire career does not mean I'm going to quit now. I mean, he all could right, still do. All right, let me let me list Spider-Man off Spider-Man these... Four and a few more Avengers movies. Yeah, I mean, I think if if they somehow lost him as Spider-Man, that would be the biggest fumble of the bag. Like, I think of all time, the ending of No Way Home fixes all the problems with MCU Spider-Man, who I think is good. But the whole problem was that he people are like Iron Spider, you know, he's like just Tony Stark Jr. basically, and they just strip him of all status and all technology at the end of No Way Home. And that actually, I hope he comes back because that legitimately made me excited because he's like going to be broke Peter Parker trying to figure shit out again. And that's good. So, okay, so you said this might be bargaining, but let me get Dylan's reaction to this. Tom Holland isn't ready to stop playing Spider-Man, but he doesn't know if he'll return. If it's time for me to say goodbye, then I will do so proudly. Does that make you worried or do you think that's just... I think he's just going to get a lot of money. Okay. Like a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Especially with how that last movie did. Yeah, it made like $2 billion. It's like the fifth highest grossing movie of all time. 
Yeah, he says, uh, and then uh, another quote going down, I don't know the answer to that question when asked about. He says, I don't know. I know I love this character, and I know that I'm not ready to say goodbye. It's time I'm ready to say goodbye. I'll do so proudly, uh, etc. Um, but at the moment, I don't know. So, yeah, maybe that is just bargaining, but I also think it's kind of crazy because Holland is probably their biggest star, um, or at least their biggest younger star. And if he's saying that, I don't know. I, th- I think that um, if they did just like a Spider-Man 1 type of movie... I think it would it would do incredibly well. The best part about Holland is Spider-Man, partially why I like those movies more than a lot of other Marvel recent outputs, is that they let him fucking act, you know? Well, yeah, it's also just small stakes in pretty much all of them besides. I mean, even the third one's not but that. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Even No Way Home, the stakes yeah. are multiversal, mm-hmm. but they are personal. Like, my whole thing about, like, why I can't believe you give No Way Home the same rating as a, as a Quantumania is because, like... Spider-Man has things within himself that he needs to solve. There are, like, dramatic questions that he has to face, like his responsibility to his family versus the world and the multiverse. Like, I do think the setup of, like, I cause a multiversal shift and I got Doctor Strange to help me because I, like, want to help my friends get into college is a little dumb. But, like, everything that revolving around him and Green Goblin and Willem Dafoe, like, you know, getting to act and poke at him and being like, you aren't ready for this shit basically is interesting and then at the end of the movie like the whole scene with zendaya in the coffee shop where he's like is am i being irresponsible with my power if i go up and talk to her remind you know try to remind create this relationship again like those are interesting questions that he has to answer and tom holland gets to act and show the internal conflict so i don't think he's would be that bored staying with marvel because he gets to do interesting stuff um and I almost think, like, that movie would almost be better if it wasn't a multiverse movie and they were just, like, we're bringing Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin. Like, just, we don't explain it. That's just who we're casting. Um, same with Molina and Doc Ock or whatever, um, you know. But re- regardless, like, some of these parts, they get to act. Robert Downey Jr. got to fucking act as Iron Man, you know. That was, Tony Stark was an interesting, flawed character that had things he had to learn about the world and himself. And you know, the, the dichotomy between... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans or Captain America and Iron Man was definitely one of the draws of... I mean, Civil War was all about that, and I thought they executed that really well. Right. Do they have anything like that in this new batch of Avengers? Anything even, like, in the same stratosphere? As... Dylan, what do you think? I think it might be too big to have something like like a relationship like that between two characters. So what do you... I mean, do you think that's a... I mean, obviously having good high stakes like Thanos... Is fun, but what do you think about... But all that stuff exists within... Still exists within Endgame. Like, think about the first hour of Endgame. How much of that is people sitting in rooms talking about all the shit they've been through together and how that is going to influence how they attack this problem. I don't know really... under Other than, like, maybe Doctor Strange and Wanda, maybe? Like, do, do any of the current existing, like, Avengers that are going to team up in the Kang dynasty have that kind of relationship with each other. And yeah, you could say, um, you know, RDJ, Iron Man and Captain America didn't have that until the first Avengers movie. So that, that is, that is a fair comeback at that point. But, um, I just don't really know who those two characters would be, you know? And I do think you have to have that kind of star power and, you know, dramatic relationship for people that are not already going to be there for the $120 million opening to buy in. I don't know. What do you, I mean, who do you, who do you think could see, could step up in the next Avengers movie, Dylan? Are we talking about just, just like in terms of relationship to Spider-Man? Yeah. No, just kind of, I don't know. Who's the next kind of guy who people actually care about besides Spider-Man? I think we're going to see a lot of the cap, the new Captain America. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of um He's a Sam pretty dynamic Hansen. character and he's also new but not new, so. Yeah. And he's a good actor. Anthony yeah. Mack is a great actor. I think I think he he's for sure um one of the main options. Um I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head other than that, but um I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see how they flesh out Spider-Man in general, whatever they do in his next movie, how, whatever his next appearance is. Like, Yeah, might... I feel like he has to show up in Avengers. Because I think he'll have to be in something before that to establish anything, any yeah, relationship with him. Yeah, I don't know. So them. that's a good segue. <clears throat> so after Guardians Oh, 3... you know what? Hold on. Quickly before you go to that. Okay. You know who it was? It was Bozeman. 
Mm. And then he passed. That makes sense. He would have been the guy to be able to pin the next 10 years of Marvel on. And, you know, tragic. So yeah. it is kind of unfortunate in that. But I now that he's gone, I don't really know who the next guy is. And maybe, maybe I, they I fig- like maybe Doctor they Strange as a bit of a father figure, but they've already kind of done that. So Yeah, right. They need and hit him replacing Iron Man. I wonder if, it, if they establish a guy like Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, him. that's... I don't know. It's. I'm curious to see if. Uh, um, I'm nervous of them about them bringing. Back yeah, I'm Jackman. curious about Hugh Jackman coming back and just being kind of a joke, jokey guy with Deadpool, or if he'll. Because I mean, if he if he fucking did the Logan treatment to Spider Man, I mean, I think that would be great. But you know, <laughs> we'll see who they cast as Fantastic Four, because um, that could tell us a lot about kind of what they envision the future to be, depending on who they cast. Let me just say right now, I love John Krasinski and a lot of stuff, but if he's Reed Richards, it's cooked. <laughs> I don't know if I agree to that. Um, I just I'm... don't. I, I think he's a really good actor and a great director uh, for that matter. But um, his persona, like his strength as an actor is not like, let me show you that I'm the world's smartest man. I did like, hear that's that. Not the and I, I, I can see with that. I feel like the Jim Halbert face is kind of too, too strongly associated with. Him being in Doctor Strange 2 is like the funny like yeah we acknowledge the the fan casting but that's not the right direction i think okay so up next miss marvel i could not be less excited about that i can't say that I'm or the marvel is not miss marvel um yeah noah eh. okay i don't really care um captain america new world order i i'm pretty sure these are all movies so i mean yeah the next captain america movie i think that's going to be... I feel like after Guardians, that has to be really... That really has successful. to be the one that gets people back in. Yeah. That's going to establish Anthony Mackie as um, Captain America. Yeah. I guess in a fully fleshed um Oh, you know movie. what? That one's, that one's got Harrison Ford. Does it? Yeah. Playing... Uh, he's replacing William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross. Actually kind of excited for that. Yeah, so that comes out next year. Uh, Thunderbolts after that. What is that? That's the fucking hopper dude from stranger things and all the people from black widow right i actually have no idea what that is what to be honest thunderbolt Thunderbolt. oh yeah thunderbolts that's like a world without adventures doesn't mean there's not a group of superheroes there's a group and they're called the thunderbolts florence Pugh, sebastian stan david harbour yeah so yeah it's i guess flo uh, florence Pugh will be the face of that i don't know maybe that's the next attendance then yeah maybe (laughs) Maybe that'll be the next Guardians, kind of a weird, like, Suicide Te- Squad-esque. Side team-up movie. Yeah. yeah. That could so, be good. Let me see who's directing that. Uh, Jake Schreier. Let me see. He's done Paper Towns. Uh, I've heard of that. It's like an indie movie, right? Yeah, he hasn't really done anything. So <laughs> the, the indie Sundance to Marvel Pipeline stays strong. Um, okay, so after Thunderbolts, uh, Blade, which I'm excited for, but also is kind of having a really shit show development. Yeah, I was kind of bagging on, like, the actors and, like, the characters that they have, but honestly, it's more, like, to find the next RDJ Evans dynamic or whatever. It's honestly more of a writing thing. Like, Yeah, you can, I agree with that. It's not that they don't have good talent in these roles. You have to allow them to... Yeah. Yeah, they, these characters have just been a little undercooked. And that was my problem with Kang in Quantumania. Is like, he's just, writing-wise, he's undercooked. Um, but, so we got Thunderbolts. What's after that? Deadpool 3, which I don't... Are they going to tie that into MCU? Probably not right away. They'll probably hint at it being a part of the larger extended multiverse. I, I feel like not. Deadpool would also kind of break Marvel, because he's, like, at least a little bit invincible, so... Yeah, I don't know. They'd right. find a way. Um, Fantastic Four. I feel like most people are excited about that. Uh, the them signing the One Division guy's director makes me a little nervous because I don't think he's really done much feature work, and I was kind of hoping they would bring in a big gun for that because of the bad history of Fantastic Four movies. They gotta get it right. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's another like that Captain America and the next. Avengers are the three that they need to really nail. So since we're looking at directors, I went back and looked at the director of uh, the Captain America sequel. It's kind of another no-name. He's done the Cloverfield Paradox. Oh, that's a terrible movie. Uh, Yeah. That doesn't that does not make Luke's. me excited. 
I guess another uh, small movie, and that's about it. So yeah, they aren't bringing out any established guys. I mean, the Russos were unestablished before they gave them the keys to the kingdom, so it can work. Um, not that the Russos have exactly gone on to make incredible films post Endgame, but um, uh, so so some bright news: uh, King Dynasty is directed by the Shang Chi guy, so that's good. Yeah, um, he's he actually has made movies. And he's if it's also like directing the, f- the sequel, if it's like the first two acts of Shang Chi and not like the third act of Shang Chi, then I'll be pleased. I I don't know. I think people give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, with that, because uh, it's like it's all previs, like yeah, it's the directors don't direct the action scenes in Marvel. That's uh, part of the problem, but yeah. And then we have uh, King Dynasty. And then after that, Secret Wars, and there is no director currently for Secret Wars. And then there's also two projects which don't have a release date, and that's Shang Chi and Armor Wars. Which Armor Wars, I guess, is a War Machine uh, sequel, but. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, I think... I'll just reiterate that I think Captain America, Fantastic Four, and Kang Dynasty are the three that, like... If they're good, people will be back. Like, totally bought in. And you won't... Like I said, it's more of a discourse than an actual box office results thing. Yeah. Like the death of Marvel. But I think if those three movies are good, the conversation around it will, will change. Dylan, how confident are you? Um, I'm just taking it movie by movie, you know? Okay. Phase four was pretty rough. It, it was rough. Um, it still had Spider-Man three though. Yeah. Goated movie. But, um, <laughs> you know, it I'm, had Spider-Man three and it had a Raimi film. So it wasn't all bad. <laughs> so I, I think I'm just looking forward to the, the guardians of the galaxy movie, seeing what that's going to do. Yeah, I they're, really, they're I really, really slowing down the production too. I mean, we had like four movies coming out and now we only have. Uh, two more coming out after Quantum Mania, and then like six more coming out in the next two years. So, that's a lot of movies. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Phase Four seemed like it had a ton of movies, and not many people liked them. So, yeah. Well, you know what? You know who's waiting? Fucking Matt Reeves. It's taken three years in between the Batman and the Batman Part Two, and you know what? King. Go yeah. Off. After all this, I feel like DC. This if they don't kind of knock it out of the park, if they don't kind of. At least the door is open. Yeah, the door is open for DC. Yeah, and if they that. don't capitalize here, then will Ezra Miller save them? <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of thinking the po- post Flash and Aquaman. But people are also hyping up Flash, so we'll see. Jacob's hyping up Flash. Yeah, we had him on two weeks ago. He was, he was good. He was very, very excited. So, before we go, Dylan, is there anything you want to plug? You want people to check out of yours? No, I'm good. Not even no YouTube channel, no Substack yeah. or Medium or I'm off the internet. Okay, I don't own anything. Um, I'll plug his thing for you, your thing for you. Uh, go look up Dennis Rodman, the greatest athlete or the most interesting athlete of all time, and uh, the art of one hit wonders. Yeah, dude, you're gonna get another 300k after all our listeners tune into that. Yeah, That's this, facts. this man had zero subscribers and ha- got like 12,000 in like two months. So we salute you. You inspired me. I'm working on a video myself now. I didn't plan on that happening, but <laughs> you should be shooting uh, or shouting us out at this point. Yeah, you do have a, a knack for going viral. Yeah, um, just kind of happens sometimes, you know. Happens to all of us, right? Yeah. And I have I have one. I last got ratioed by you. a big account once. I have one last question for you. How many times in your next video are you gonna play home or finally <laughs> landing? I actually, I actually, um, there's this like big YouTuber that used that that. Summoning salts? Yeah. Um, and I uh, I don't, I, I kind of want to beat the allegations, <laughs> you know? So um, I actually commissioned somebody to do some music. For okay. The next Wait, really? Cool. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So he made me an intro, some background music, um, and an outro song. Were you were you inspired by Summoning Salts? Um, by at least with the music choice? I mean, I watched choice? his videos. Okay. And you liked a, a certain song? I actually didn't get that song from him. Okay. I got it from Emp Lemon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he oh. used it once. And... I mean, if you're stealing from the, the best hits of video essays, then... Yeah. Filmmaking is just stealing and reiterating. That's what Tarantino says, man. Yeah, so I have to I have to beat the allegations now. So. <laughs> I had, had to get some new music. 
Uh, man, can't wait for the next video. All right, I think that's that's all we got, right? Um, yep. Go read print next week. We'll have more to talk about it. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll bring on a, a writer from Daily Gamecock next week to kind of go over some of the stuff. I'm a writer from Daily Gamecock. You are, but I mean another. Writer. Okay. Um, like we had Michael on last year to talk about print, um, and then we had Caleb and Amelia on to talk about print. We'll do something like that. Anyways, we're at the hour mark, and I got to give the production studio key back to the guy uh, before he gives me the stink eye. So uh, that's it for us this week. Tune in next week for our review of Cocaine Bear and Print. This podcast is hosted by Noah Trainer and Max White, produced by Noah Trainer. Intro music by Bryson Carroll. Logo and art by Stephen Pastis, created by Michael Sauls. Mm-hmm.